0: Have you ever heard the sound of freedom? Welcome to another 5-Minute Flip. What is up? Flip upon a Welcome to your 5-Minute Flip for February 17th, 2023. That's right. Two 5-Minute Flips in a two-day span. W- what could be better? What could be better? Well, I want to talk today about hope in a hopeless world Man, read your, read your news app at your own risk. So I've lived in Grand Rapids for the last three and a half years, but prior to that, I lived in Lansing, Michigan for 15 years, and Lansing still very much feels like home. I planted a church there that I pastored for 13 years, have many friends and pastors, uh, pastor friends that still live there, and Lansing and East Lansing— where Michigan State University is, are, are very closely tied together as, as one community. Where I lived in Lansing, I was a mile away from the Michigan State campus. When I trained for uh, running races, I would run from my house down the river trail, go through campus. And I've been in many of the campus, uh, uh, you know, dorm buildings and uh, I've been in the student union the the building that one of the one of the shootings took place in uh a, about a week ago uh national news the shooting at michigan state you know three students got killed and it's it's uh w- when you hear these stories so many mass shootings you know uh sandy hook and uh just the the list the list goes on and on i i i um you 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 hear about them, and you even the Oxford, Michigan shooting, which is in my home state, they are places I've never been before, and so you you I don't think most of us would admit this, but we just think, man, that's really bad for them. I'm really sad for them, but that doesn't affect my world any, and it, and it almost doesn't feel real. Like we know it's real, but we're so desensitized to what we see in the news that. It makes it not real, right? this one's a little more real for me. So I don't live there anymore. I don't have the same, I think, burden uh, as I, I would if I was still living right there near campus, and, <clears throat> and would have many more, many more connections uh, with students and such on campus than I do now. I we are. Uh, I used to speak on campus to crew, uh, campus crusade, uh, and. You know, intervarsity as well, and and uh, obviously don't do that now. But, uh, but my point is, it it still made this one real. You know, when I, when I saw the pictures of the shootings, and I went, I was in that building, and I saw them interviewing local law enforcement or government officials, and go, oh, I know that name. I've I may have seen that person in the community. It just. It just makes it it makes it more real, and, and I know that all of these these uh, communities—Uvalde, Sandy Hook, down the line, Oxford—they've had to grieve with the trauma of what happened, you know, in their community. And I was in a conversation this week with some some local pastors, uh, and uh, the topic of hope came up, and and one said, one is in charge of a. Uh, uh, kind of a group of local pastors and said, you know, just people out there don't have a lot of hope. My pastors don't have a lot of hope. And another another individual there is in charge of many employees at a company, uh, non-Christian employees. And they, they, they said, my employees don't have hope. There's a lot of hopelessness in the world right now. And it can be hard to talk about, right? Because it is so dark. But you think about, you you read that news app and you go, okay, another mass shooting at Michigan State, this time at Michigan State, you have stories about UFOs. I mean, UFOs, really? Like, what? Uh, Then you you have the balloons from China. You have stories. And I'm not a news junkie at all. I try to avoid it. I I open the news app periodically, so I know somewhat of what is going on. Uh, but you have the war going on with Russia and Ukraine. I saw an article recently, and these are rough paraphrases. Do not quote me for your news. But I believe the article said, experts believe the war will drag on for years or something like that. And you see these brutal photos of just bloodied up bodies that are dismembered and dead and you're like man this is really happening over there uh the i I read an article of some expert or it could have been in a military official saying they predicted war with the u.s and china within the next few years it's like please god no like please 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 no and yet you know, let let alone the racial injustice in in our world and the police brutality and and these these stories, these new hashtags that that we we've really become desensitized to because there's there's so many of them. And at this pastor luncheon, one of the pastors said, and I and I and I'm speaking all anonymously here, obviously, but I, I think there's something to be said for us as pastors we, how we're wrestling with these things. And they were saying this one individual said, uh, I don't I don't have a lot of hope when it comes to, you know, uh a shooting like Michigan State. He said, It's going to happen again. It's going to happen again. And where where he was going with it, and I, I don't I don't exact I again, I'm I'm just roughly paraphrasing, but what I took from what he was saying, and I think it's worth reflecting on is um we're coming out there there there's this this idea within Christianity that that if you follow Jesus or even if you're an American, we all think it's always going to be up and to the right. What he means by that is like not not left or right politically, but on a graph, if you make a graph, you know, up and to the right means you're always getting more profit. You're always getting better. Things are always get improving, improving, improving. And that's been an underlying assumption within Christianity and within being an American for a long time. And I I look back just in, in recent generations who've gone through the Great Depression, who've gone through World War II, the Vietnam War, and things were not always up and to the right. You look at the fight for civil rights from African Americans. Things have hardly ever been up and to the right. Yet, yet today, you know, we we all kind of think that we all kind of run church that way, and we don't have a lot of room for the trauma that's going on all around us. It's it's room that the book of Psalms, uh, the book of Psalms, doesn't shy away from, from, and we we do we do in our in our theology. And and his point was, he said, my hope is. Uh, he's like, my church is shrinking, you know, Um, uh, my hope is that, and and this is where I want to, where I want to jump into, and he's, he has a point by the way, um, before I jump into the hopeful part, um, you know, the, the shooting at Michigan state and, and you have Uvalde and Sandy Hook and Oxford, and I can't even remember all of them. A, a, a friend of mine from my church was a teacher in Florida, uh, one of the, Headline news, uh, high school shootings where students were killed. He was a teacher of some of those students. Uh, You can go online and and find hundreds of these school shootings and mass shootings, you know, movie theaters and all this stuff. It's not going to end. I did an episode on gun control a, a while ago. And our country, you can just look at the statistics. We're the only country that has a mass shooting problem. And it's because... We have so many guns. We have so, so many guns. This episode is supposed to be about hope and a hopeless world. I'm trying to not get on a huge tangent about gun control. But whether you're a gun owner or not, whether you're pro-gun control or not, it's just factual and statistical. Our country is filled with guns, legal and illegal, and we we have it's in our constitution that you can have a gun and there's no way we're getting those guns back. There's no way if the government said it's illegal to own a gun. Good luck. know, people aren't turning those things back in. And most people that own guns, my friends that own guns, you listener, you own a gun. You know, you, you'd never hurt somebody with that gun. You'd never have a you'd never do a mass shooting with that gun. You have your reasons for owning one but you're not a person that's going to go do a mass shooting. And so you don't think there's anything wrong with owning guns. And so there's no, there's no way we'd be able to take that right away from people because we, it's, I think, literally impossible uh, for a safe gun owner to make the connection that the fact that everyone's allowed to own a gun is what allows for mass shootings. And we would have to make it like these other countries where nobody's allowed to own a gun outside of you know, law enforcement and military. And if we did that, there wouldn't be mass shootings. We, we would eradicate the guns from our land. I'm just saying that's never going to happen. And so my friend, the pastor friend's point is right. There's going to be more mass shootings. They're not going to stop. And maybe it'll be, your, it'll be in your town next. And I hate to say that, but there's this reality that that is the world we live in because of the amount of guns that are in our country. Uh, you're not going to fix it. If you got a way to fix it, let me know outside of getting rid of all the guns, (laughs) because uh, anyway, trying to get off that tangent. My point is, and his point is, this bad stuff's going to keep happening. And he was reflecting on Scripture, and in the Bible, there's these long, long periods where things are not up and to the right. So the 400 years of slavery for the Israelites in Exodus— And then, you know, if you didn't know, between the Old Testament and New Testament, there's 400 years of silence where there's no prophets on the scene. That's why we don't have recorded scripture. There's some stories and things that we have in the Apocrypha that were always seen as lesser in lesser authority uh, by first century Jews. And I believe even those that include the Apocrypha in their scriptures today Count them as lesser in authority uh, because there wasn't formal prof- prophets around. There wasn't your, your Jeremiahs, your Isaiahs, uh, et cetera. And then you have you know, Malachi and, and the other minor prophets towards the end of the Old Testament. And then you have 400 years of nothing. Uh, things were not up and to the right for the Jewish people whatsoever during that time. And uh, then John the Baptist is on the scene, who, who we recognize as the, the, the next prophet with that type of authority. And it's it's amazing that even the excuse me, the Pharisees and the Sadducees and the Essenes and the zealots that they hung on for those four hundred years, and their faith in Yahweh, their faith in in God, in in the Old Testament scriptures and things were not up and to the right. You look at smaller periods of time that are still massive. Moses was uh, banished to the wilderness for forty years uh, before he was called back out to lead the Exodus. Abraham and Sarah had to wait 25 years to have a child after God promised them uh, a child. They were already very, very old at the time, and you just you you see you see this in Scripture over and over again, where things are not always up and to the right, and yet God remains faithful. God remains all powerful. God remains in charge. And I don't mean, and and we we would break down. Uh, we disagree on theology here, uh, as far as what does God, you know, dictate happen and not happen. What I'm saying is, He's in charge. He's he is. We all might die in an atomic bomb tomorrow, and guess what? For those that are that are in Christ, God's still on the throne, and we're going to be with Him for for eternity, and um, we don't have to to worry. That God is somehow not faithful because there's war going on around us. In fact, you know, again, huge tangents and, and disagreements about the end times and 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 all that kind of stuff. But the the Bible does say there's going to be wars and there's going to be earthquakes and there's going to be famines. And you're like, man, that sounds like my newsfeed, right? My point is, God is still on the throne, and 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 my hope is in Jesus. Just straight up. My hope is in the empty tomb. It is in Jesus. And and there there could be a shift happening where if your life has felt up and to the right and culture has felt up and to the right, that, that day and age, that period might be coming to an end. I hope not. But that's what the news feels like. But it's not a reason for us to abandon our faith. What I hope is, look, I, I think the world is... If you feel hopeless as a Christian, just imagine being in the world. Imagine not having Jesus as your hope. Imagine it all being up to you or up to your politicians or up to money or whatever. All these things that are so frail and and broken. There's so much hopelessness in the world. And that's where I I, I pray that as people wake up and realize the world has nothing to to offer when it comes to hope, when it comes to eternal hope, when it comes to a place to rest in this life, uh, that instead of dying by suicide and giving up in despair, uh, that people would come to Jesus. Instead of binging on pleasure or binging on selfless selfishness, people would come to Jesus and put their hope in Him and in the empty tomb. And so, uh, maybe it's a dark way of. <laughs> Of getting around to it, but but I think that's how we have hope in a hopeless world: is we remember the pattern that God's always been faithful, even during times when things were not up and to the right. And things do not have to be up and to the right in order uh, for us to have hope, and for, uh, for in order for God uh, to be to be faithful and the Psalms are always a place we can go to find that theology, always a place we can go to find that prayer language, and so I, I direct I direct your attention uh, there. Uh, for, for a limited time, <laughs> you could say on my blog, I have a whole bunch of Psalms devotionals that you can find. Those are being packaged uh, into a devotional book that will be available sometime in the next year, uh, but you don't even need my devotionals. You can just open the Book of Psalms, and and know that this is not God's first time uh, on this carousel of of uh, where things seem really bleak and hopeless. Uh, but He He is still God, and I'm so glad that I have Him and I have my hope in Him, and that I'm not alone. And that as a pastor, that I'm pointing people to Him. I'm pointing people to Jesus. And, and honestly, praying that—I'm praying that as people's worldly idols let them down, and there's real danger that's out there, that people would wake up to that danger and, and put their faith in Jesus, and put their faith in Jesus. So, so we do have hope. We have hope in him. And uh, God's people have always had hope in him. And I'd love to hear from you if you want to share— uh, just reminders of hope ways that help you uh, shoot me an email podcast at beyond the battle.net. And I'd love to share those uh, with listeners. So that's it. Thank you for listening to this five minute flip. This one was about 17, 18 minutes, but you know, a little bonus, a little free, a little free flip. It's all good. I'll see you next time on the flip side. Thanks for listening to this five minute flip. Subscribe for more flips and long-form episodes of the flip side. Visit www.patreon.com/noahphippiac to support and get sweet flipside swag.